0: For most of us christmas especially the whole season leading up to christmas was quite a bit different this year most december's my family is uh, just from one party to the next going to sunday school parties and deacon parties and friends and and this year we we didn't attend a, a single party i didn't get invited to any either which is good during this pandemic for christmas we gathered with just our immediate family i don't know that many of you uh, weren't weren't able to, to do that. So it's a different time, isn't it? And as we find ourselves, uh, as, as Ron mentioned in his prayer, many of us isolated. It's, it's been a lonely time for many people. I fear that, that many people that are either elderly or at risk and have isolated themselves all throughout this year, even if they don't get the, the virus, they're they're suffering and they're going to continue to suffer from from being completely separated from from people. You know as we think about the difference between this Christmas and past Christmases it reminds me that even those of us that that are more introverted realize that God created us for interaction. He created us for fellowship. He created us for relationship. Because as we look into a new year, I, I really don't know what it's going to look like. If anyone had told me at the beginning of last year what this year would look like, I, it would have been difficult for me to conceive or believe that we would go through what we went through. And I don't know what this next year is going to look like. I'm very hopeful that uh, vaccine is gonna make a tremendous difference I'm gonna wait and see how it works on y'all before I take it but I'm very hopeful that that maybe uh, this'll this will make a difference and maybe some uh, concept like herd immunity may make a difference I, I don't know but I'm hopeful that at some point something is going to work and we're gonna find ourselves if not back to normal at least closer than we've been at any other time this year. You know, as we think about being created for fellowship and having a need to be in a relationship with people, it's not just people that we were created to have a relationship with. You and I were created to have a relationship with God. And just like this pandemic has separated us from people, sin has separated us from God. And we come together to celebrate Christmas. We celebrate the fact that Jesus brought a cure for our greatest problem. In fact, the passage that was read earlier that we'll be focusing on today said the word became flesh and he dwelt among us he dwelt among us and as jesus came and dwelt for those 30 33 years we don't know exactly how many we saw just a taste of what is to come because through his sacrifice God is bringing about a complete reversal of everything that separated us from Him. And one day, we'll no longer be distanced in any way from God. But just as Adam and Eve before the fall spoke to Him face to face, we too will be able to have beautiful Close fellowship with God so I want to ask you as we look at the gospel of John once again would you stand with me as we read verses 1 through 18 of chapter 1 the Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God he was in the beginning with God to become children of God who were born not of blood nor the will of the flesh nor the will of man but of God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory glory as of the only son from the father full of grace and truth who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. Let's pray together. Father, we give thanks today that your son has made himself known to us. Lord, may our focus not be upon What we have missed this season, but what we have received through the gift of your Son. We ask that as we read this passage and focus on it, that you show us the truth that was revealed through him, for it's in Christ's name that we pray, amen. You may be seated. The Bible tells us that the Word became flesh the Word became flesh. In case there was any doubt about who the Word is, we see in verse 14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The clear reference is to Jesus. He's described here as the Word. Throughout the Bible, he's given many titles and many names. The Bible describes him as the light of the world, the true light that was coming into the world. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And in this passage, He is the Word, the Word. So we think about that description only our Creator has such power and authority that with A word can create things that did not previously exist nor even conceived of. And yet the word became flesh. We know that the Bible teaches us in this passage that the word, that is Jesus, is one with the Father. It says in verse 1, In the beginning was the word, And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Many people struggle to understand the concept of what we describe in the Bible as the the Trinity, Father, Son, and, and Holy Spirit. When I first started out in college as a religion major, I really thought that if I just took enough classes they would answer all of my questions. And what I discovered was the more classes I took and the more I studied the more questions I had. Worshipping God does not require us to be able to fully explain him nor fully understand him. It just requires us to fully believe in him. The reality is is that we can't even explain our own spouse, can we? There's a lot that we can't explain and don't fully understand. And yet, we still love people and we can still love God without fully being able to understand how three are one. Yet, the Bible teaches us that in the beginning was the Word. You see, at Christmas, Jesus did not come into being. He just came into flesh. His beginning was not in Bethlehem. For in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Through the prophet Isaiah, the Lord spoke. In Isaiah 44 6, it says, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts I am the first, and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. Most of us, when we think about the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega, we think of what Jesus said in Revelation. But it was first said in the Old Testament through the prophet Isaiah. And so the Lord said to us that he was the first and the last. And he says, besides me, there is no God. But then in Revelation 2.8, it says, And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write the words of the first and the last. Listen to this description. Who died and came to life. Friend, that's Jesus. He became flesh so that he might live in our place of perfect life, Dying on the cross, paying a penalty that he did not owe, and then yet come to life as he was resurrected from the dead, giving you and I the hope of future resurrection. Every time that I stand beside a grave, which is pretty often, now I look into the eyes of a family that are about to watch for the very last time that casket being lowered into the ground I'm able to give them hope not because I have any power over death but because we serve a God who has conquered death and our hope is found in the fact that he came back to life the word became flesh and he dwelt among us and he died and he came back to life the first and the last the bible says besides me there is no god john chapter 1 we skip down to verse 18 and it says no one has ever seen god Do you remember moses Moses saw a burning bush, but he didn't see God. God spoke to him out of the burning bush. And then, there was that time when Moses asked God if he could see him. And Moses let him hide in the cleft of the rock. And he allowed Moses to simply see the back of his glory as he passed by. Moses didn't get to see God face-to-face like Adam did before the fall. And so the Bible tells us here, no one has ever seen God. But listen to this, the only God who is at the Father's side, do you notice what it says? The only God who is at the side the Father's side it's not referring to the Father when it says the only God but it's referring to the Son he says the only God who is at the Father's side he has made him known the Word became flesh and made the Father known to us the Word is not other than our Creator. The Bible says in verse three of that same chapter, all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that has been made. The Word. We go back to Genesis and we see Father, Son, and Spirit working together. The Bible describes the spirit hovering over the waters. And how did God create the earth? He spoke a word. We celebrate at Christmas that the word, the very power of God in creation, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 1 verse 34 about the angel announcing the word becoming flesh. It says, And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? So the angel had come and told her that she was gonna have a child and she says "How, how, how will this be since I'm a virgin and the angel answered her the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you therefore the child to be born will be called holy the Son of God the Word became flesh first Timothy 316 speaks of this mystery. Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit. The Bible says it was through his resurrection, that's in Romans chapter 1. It was through his resurrection that he was declared with power by the Spirit to be the Son of God. What Timothy's referring to is vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in to glory. Timothy said to us he was manifested in the flesh. The Word became flesh. And then the Bible tells us that the Word dwelt among the us it says the word became flesh and dwelt among us in verse 14 every false religion in the world is about how we can get to God but Christianity is about how God came to us the word became flesh and he dwelt among us among us the word in this passage Dwelt is the Greek word for tabernacle. The, the noun form is translated tabernacle. This is the verb. And he literally, if we, if we just bring it literally from that language into ours, tabernacled among us. We don't translate it that way because nobody says that they tabernacle among somebody. So he, he dwelt among us. But when we go back and we see that word, he can't help but notice the Clear allusion to the Old Testament tabernacle. Do you know, the, the purpose of the tabernacle was that God might dwell among his people. The Bible tells us, if you're not familiar, that there were two places of worship. First, there was the tabernacle that was the precursor to the permanent temple that would later be built. But the tabernacle was that very elaborate tent that Israel was able to move with them as they traveled through the wilderness. And in Exodus chapter 25, verses 8 and 9, we see the Lord giving the instructions about the tabernacle and explaining its purpose. And he says, and let them make me a sanctuary, listen to this, that I may dwell in their midst that I may dwell in their midst. Exactly as I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle and of all its furniture, so shall you shall make it. The purpose of this this tabernacle was that God could, could dwell among us. Sin had separated us from God. So that Moses and Aaron and Abraham... They couldn't walk in the garden in the cool of the evening and speak to God face to face like Adam did. Sin had separated them. But from that very moment, God had been working to bring about a way to dwell among his people. In fact, the Bible tells us that even before that very moment, God had been planning it. For the Bible speaks about before The foundations of the world God was already bringing about his plan you know what that means it means that before you had ever sinned God had already come up with a way to fix your sin problem before you had ever been separated from God he had already devised a plan how to bring the two of you back together the very purpose of the tabernacle was so that God could come and dwell among his people and John tells us that Jesus The word became flesh and he dwelt among us. And as we see God's plan unfolding all throughout history, we see man and God coming closer and closer together. There was a time when in the temple, there was the Holy of Holies and the veil that no one could pass through except the, the high priest once a year to offer the sacrifice for the sins of the people. But yet when Jesus died on the cross the bible says that veil was torn from top to bottom because there's no longer any separation between god and man we can now come into his presence and worship the bible tells us throughout the old testament how god through the holy spirit came upon people for a certain time he came upon prophets and came upon kings and came upon leaders but then when that time of service was over he he left them You remember that judge samson the holy spirit came upon him and gave him supernatural strength but then the holy spirit left him and then as he was chained between two pillars in a philistine temple he prayed and he asked god to let the holy spirit come upon him one more time and give him strength once again and the Holy Spirit came upon him again but when Jesus paid for our sin on the cross conquered death hell and the grave he said I'm sending the comforter and Jesus as he ascended into heaven he says I'm with you always so at Pentecost the Holy Spirit came upon the believers and he's been with us ever since we find God dwelling among his his people the word became flesh and dwelt among us the reason that Jesus had to come is because sin had separated us from God In Genesis chapter 3 verse 8 the Bible describes what things were like in Adam's day and it says and they heard the sound that is Adam and Eve heard the sound and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord previously They had enjoyed fellowship with God, but now they heard him coming and they hid themselves among the trees of the garden. We skip down to verse 23 and verse 24. Because of the sin, here's what the Lord says. Therefore the Lord God sent him out from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken and he drove out the man at the east of the garden of eden he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life god created adam and eve to have this beautiful fellowship with him yet because of sin he had to send them out because of sin verse 24 says he drove them out and he not only drove them out but he placed it an angel to guard this beautiful garden where once Adam and Eve just walked and talked with God. But no more because of sin. What we celebrate at Christmas is that the Word became flesh and and dwelt among us. He moved us one step closer to experiencing what Adam and Eve once experienced. You see, as we look at the earthly ministry of Jesus, it's just a foretaste of what lies ahead for God's children. In Isaiah, chapter 35, verses four through six, the prophet Isaiah would foretell what was gonna happen through the Messiah. And here's what he says. Say to those who have an anxious heart be strong fear not behold your God will come with vengeance With the recompense of God he will come and save you and listen to this description Of what was going to happen when God was going to come to save his people He says then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Everything that Isaiah said would happen when God would come and save his people happened during the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 7 verses 20 through 22, the Bible tells us about John the Baptist when he was in prison and had doubts about whether Jesus was the Messiah. And so he sent some of his disciples to go and ask Jesus. And Jesus quoted this very passage from Isaiah. Everything that Jesus says is in response to what Isaiah prophesied was going to happen when the Messiah came. And so it says, and when the men come to him, and that, that's John the Baptist's disciples. They said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? In that hour, he healed many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits, and on many who are blind, he bestowed sight. Do you notice what it says? It says, in that hour, they Came and they asked Jesus John wants to know are you the one and so Jesus just begins performing miracles and healing people and he begins to, begins doing all the things that Isaiah said would happen when the Messiah came and then he says He answered them, go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. Jesus fulfilled everything that the Bible said the Messiah would do when he came. He became flesh and he he dwelt among us. And he preached and he performed miracles and he fulfilled all that God had promised would take place. And yet as we see these people healed, we see blind people being able to see and the dead raised. It's just just a taste of what we have in store as God completely reverses everything that was tainted by the sin of man. Revelation chapter 21 gives us just a little glimpse of what this is going to look like. John says that I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place, there's that word, dwell. The dwelling place of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain, for the former things have passed away the Lord God created Adam and Eve and he dwelt with them in the garden and his sin separated him from his creation he told Moses he said build a sanctuary a tabernacle that I might dwell among the people and the Bible says that Jesus came the word became flesh and he dwelt among us one day uh, we're going to a place where all the brokenness of this world caused by sin and rebellion against god will be completely done away with for the former things have passed away we will be in the place where god dwells and he will dwell with us john says behold the dwelling place of god Is with man God created us so that he might dwell with us the word became flesh and he dwelt among us and we have seen his glory glory as of the only son from the father full of grace and truth The disciples, they gave testimony that they saw the glory of God. Recently, I was up on the mountain where Jesus delivered the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapters five through seven. As I stood there with a group, we... We read that entire sermon and I I thought what it must have been like to have been there that day and heard Jesus deliver that sermon in person. But can you imagine what it must have been like for Peter, James and John when they went up on the mountain and they saw Jesus transfigured. The Word became flesh, but the Bible tells us that he did not give up his divinity. But as he veiled his glory for a moment, he went up on that mountain and with just the inner three of the 12 disciples, Peter, James, and John, for a moment, He was transfigured and they beheld his glory. The father spoke from heaven. And on two occasions, he said the same thing about his son. He said it in an audible voice that those present might hear. And the first was at his baptism. Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 through 7, it says, And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. And behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Can you imagine what it would have been like to have been there that day? And to hear the voice from heaven say, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Later, his disciples would hear the same thing on the mountain of transfiguration when they saw Jesus in his glory. Matthew chapter 17 tells us about it. It says, after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, his brother. And he led him up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun. And his clothes became white as light. Then behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here. Tabernacles, if you will. One for you one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them and a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them saying, rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And John, who was there that day on the Mount of Transfiguration, John, who was there with Peter and James, John says, and we have beheld his glory. No one, verse 18, has ever seen God The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. This Christmas, you may have been separated from people, but friend, there was no reason for you to be separated from God. For the word became flesh and he dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. And it is full of grace. It is full of truth. He came so that we might dwell with God. Not everyone believed in him. And not everyone received him. And the same is true today. But if you and I do believe, and we do receive him, then he gives us the right to become children of God. This is what we celebrate this Christmas. Merry Christmas. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your gift that's beyond our understanding. And Lord, I pray that in faith and belief, we would receive your son, become heirs of the promise, and become your children. Father, I pray today for any person that's here, any person that's watching, any person that's listening that's never received the Lord Jesus. I pray today that you give them faith, I pray that you draw them to yourself. And Lord, I pray that right now they call out to you in prayer. Ask for forgiveness and receive the gift of your son. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Today as we close, I want to invite you to respond to the Lord. If there's never been a time in your life that you've asked for forgiveness of your sins, Forgiveness is just one prayer away for you. All you have to do is just from the sincerity of your heart, ask God in faith and he will hear your prayer and he will forgive your sin. For those of us that have been consumed by so many of the cares of this world, let us refocus and give thanks to God this season for the greatest gift that he ever gave us the Lord Jesus Christ, who made it possible for us to dwell with God. Maybe you came here today. Maybe you tuned in on the radio, trying to find a way that you could get to God. Friend, I have some really good news for you. God has already come to you. And he longs for you to receive him. He created you so that you might be in fellowship with him. He came to make it possible. And today, if by faith you'll respond to him, you can receive this gift that he's given. So I invite you now, as we sing, would you respond to the Lord? Let's stand together as we sing.